Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, or good afternoon, everybody. It's uh, Thursday, December 10th. And this is the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show, hosted by yours truly, Anthony Aniano. And thank you for listening. Uh, odds are you're listening to us either on demand here on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. And we do appreciate you uh, appreciate your support uh, each and every week as we come at you every Thursday. Usually we come at you Thursday nights uh, about 10 o'clock, kind of around halftime of the Thursday night football game. But a little change in plans today, uh, taping the show in the afternoon. And if you happen to be on the air with us, as I'm going live, I do appreciate it, but whenever and wherever you're listening, um, as always, thank you, and I uh, hope you enjoy the show. want to remind everybody, you can follow the show on Twitter at A. Aniano Fantasy, Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show, and like we said, go to iTunes, search for the show, download, subscribe, comment, rate the show, appreciate all the, uh, all the feedback over there on iTunes. And uh, allows you to listen to it whenever and wherever you are. If you are with us live at any point in the next, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour, call us, 347-838-8088. We're talking a bunch of different things today. Uh, We're going to do a little baseball because anybody who's ever listened knows uh, that's number one for me. Always has been, always will be, especially this time of year. I love the winter meeting, the hot stove report, the the fun stuff like that. So we're going to start off the show talking that. And then after a few minutes, we'll slide over to the fantasy football preview. We'll talk about fantasy playoffs and everything that has you geared up for uh, this weekend. That starts tonight with the Vikings and the Cardinals, week 14 of the fantasy football season. But let's get rolling first with some baseball. And, you know, anybody who knows me knows uh, I'm a baseball fan. But before I'm even a baseball fan, I'm a Mets fan. 42 years old, been a Mets fan for all of them. Uh, Seen the good, the bad, and a whole lot of ugly. Uh, Starting to see some good. Now, Mets this week, uh, reports are the offer was similar to that, that the Cubs offered Ben Zobers, four years, $56 million. That's $14 million a year for a good, not great player. Uh, Zobers turned it down, went to the Cubs. Uh, Joe Madden there, clear as day why he went there. I think the wife wanted that at neighborhood better. And uh, I think Zobers wanted Madden. Played with him forever in Tampa. Good move for Zobers. Good move, no doubt about it. Uh, I think the Mets rebounded potentially better than they would have if they got it, got Zobrist. I understand Zobrist's versatility. He can play second, third, first, even shortstop in a pinch, the corner outfield positions. Well, let's be honest. The Mets didn't need corner outfield depth. Michael Kadire is their fourth outfielder with Grandison and Conforto in the corners. So they're okay in the outfield situation. They've got guys like Neuenheis, Brandon Nemo in the minors. They're fine with outfield depth. So the Mets re- rebound by trading their fifth starter, who would have only been their fifth starter till June, uh, and that's Jonathan Neese, who I think is a little bit of an underrated pitcher. I don't think he gets enough credit. I know he's not an ace, but if he's your fourth or fifth starter, you're, you're okay with that. A lefty at the back end of your rotation, pitched well in the bullpen for the Mets in the postseason. Uh, they shift, shift uh, uh, Neese to Pittsburgh for Neil Walker. Neil Walker is a good hitter. What do you have? 16 home runs last year. Batted about 260. Uh, switch hitter had 32 doubles to go with those 16 home runs. Uh, and and average to above average defensive play. He's never going to win you a Gold Glove, but neither was Daniel Murphy nor Ben Zobrist for that matter. But the truth is, 
Right now, Neil Walker is a better offensive player than Daniel Murphy. Don't be blinded by the postseason. And I think he's a better hitter than Zobrist. You know, Zobrist is also 35 years old. There's a four-year commitment there. You're going to be paying Ben Zobrist to your 39. That's crazy, in my opinion. That's nuts. I don't want to pay anybody when they're 39. I, I don't even want to pay myself, and I'm 42, and I haven't earned any of that since I was 35. Crazy money Ben Zobrist is going to be making. Neil Walker, $10.7 million only for this year. Mets do have a top second-base prospect, Dilson Herrera. Gives him another year in the minor leagues. Good move by the Mets. And then they respond last night by, by signing Astrubal Cabrera. Listen, we know Cabrera was on what looked like the verge of superstardom with Cleveland a few years back. Never materialized. But this is a guy who hits 15 homers, 50 to 60 RBIs, and bats you 260. You, the Mets have essentially added 30 home runs and 120 RBIs in their middle infield. Their defense is no better, no worse. I would give it a little edge up uh, better. You, you saw Murphy's downfall. Uh, Wilmer Flores was not great. He's serviceable in the infield. But what you've done now is you've put, I think, Wilmer Flores into a position of either being tradable or in a super utility role. Remember, David Wright with the bad back. So what you now have is three guys who can all move around that. Walker could play some third base in a pinch. Cabrera could play third base in a pinch. Wilmer Flores, Ruben Tejada can play all three, second, short, or third. You've created versatility uh, at a reasonable cost. Nice and Walker's contracts are essentially a wash. Cabrera's contract is fair, $9 million a year. In this day and age, is chump change. So it's a nice move and allows the Mets to do other things. First thing it looks like they're going to do is they're going to re-sign Bartolo Colon. He'll be their fifth starter now, which I'm fine with, until Zach Wheeler comes back, they're saying in June, to finish that ridiculous rotation of Harvey, Syndergaard, DeGrom, Mats, and Wheeler. Uh, uh, Cologne will then go to the pen where he also pitched very well in the postseason. It's nice to have that veteran presence there. So, um, so that's a good day for the Mets. They're not done yet by any means, but they have money still to spend. Listen, you're not going to get a big bopper. You're not. Cespedes had a great month, but there's a reason he's been on three teams in four years. Let's just be honest. Uh, uh, Justin Upton doesn't play center field. So you're not going to get the big bopper. You're going to get a center fielder to platoon with Juan Lagares, a lefty-righty situation there, a left-handed bat, Denard Spann, someone of that ilk. Michael Conforto's got to take a next step, okay? And away, and away they go. And then you add some bullpen pieces. Good day for the Mets. Wanted to start the show off talking about that. Just some other uh, uh, baseball news and some trades. Mariners added a good professional hitter. They added Adam Lind from Seattle, uh, from uh, uh, Milwaukee. Lind is what he is. He's a 290 hitter. Uh, struggles against lefties, but he's a good little ball player. Brett Lowry. I mean, you talk about Oakland, just my God. Oakland last season at this time sent Josh Donaldson, you know him, American League MVP, sent him to, the white, to, um, to Toronto for Brett Lowry. Now Brett Lowry gets traded to the White Sox for two pitches, Wendelkin and Irwin. Now, who knows? They may turn into something. They may not. But you had Josh Donaldson in Oakland. You could not have made a bigger mess of this situation. That's for sure. Um, the other big trade from two days ago, excuse me, but I'm actually fighting a sore throat. Uh, two days ago, 
the Arizona Diamondbacks, let's be honest, they are all in. We'll talk more about more about them. They 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 made the big splash. They brought in uh, uh, Zach Greinke, took him away from where people thought he was going to go, which was either the Dodgers or the Giants. Um, so that's a huge move. They get uh, to pair with Greinke. They get Shelby Miller, who we know pitched well last year, ERA about three, but couldn't win a game to save his life. They give up a, a nice outfielder and Endar Enciate, pitcher Aaron Blair, and Dansby Swanson. Now, you may be saying, Anthony, why are you mentioning Dansby Swanson? Dansby Swanson was as a shortstop who was the number one pick in the draft this past June. Uh, Arizona moved him for Shelby Miller. Now, reports on Swanson, uh, college kid, could be fast-tracked if needed. Uh, doesn't seem like the Braves are going to do that, but you're talking about a shortstop who's probably only a year away, maybe. And immediately, Atlanta, in their constant, in not their constant, in their very recent rebuild, has the replacement for Andrelton Simmons, who they traded to the Angels. Okay, the Braves are doing it right. As much as it stinks if you're an Atlanta Brave fan, they are doing it right. Now, the Braves were a good team for a long time, but it is time to strip it down and rebuild it, and that's what they've done. All they have left is their first baseman right now. That's it. Freddie Freeman's all that's left there. Stripped the whole thing down. They traded Kimbrell last year. Um, you know, they, they, they've now traded Miller. They've traded Andrelton Simmons. They've stripped the whole thing down. They're not going to be good. But sometimes you've got to do that. Look at what Houston did. Look at what Houston did. You bring all your kids up at the same time, and away you go. Like what, I like what the Braves are doing. They're a couple of years away, but at least the plan is clear, and there you go. Now, as far as the Diamondbacks go, Shelby Miller is a set number two or number three starter behind Granke, who's their ace. You follow him with Miller and Corbin, Corbin and Miller, however you want to do it. But they've put together a decent rotation there. You now add that pitching to the offensive pieces led by Goldschmidt and A.J. Pollock. Okay, and Arizona's, they've, they've, they've decided to turn the West into a three-team race. With the Dodgers, who have taken a step back because they've lost Granky, With the Giants, who are always there. You know they're always there. And those teams I don't think are done. Johnny Sueto still floating around. Mike Leak still floating around. Okay, so a nice pickup, though. A nice winter meeting for the Diamondbacks. Okay, going back to Chicago, right? What Chicago, we talked about them adding Ben Zobrist. Well, this frees them up to trade Starling Castro. Now, some Yankee fans I know personally, they're all giddy over Starling Castro. Starling Castro uh, uh, was benched last year by the Cubs, lost the shortstop job to Addison Reed. Addison Russell, I'm sorry. Okay, then he eventually redeemed himself, played some second base. But if you think about it, Starling Castro was about 25, 26 just lost his job to a 35-year-old. That doesn't bode well, in my opinion, for the maturity and professionalism of Starlin Castro. Talented player, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Not denying the talent. Denying, I am questioning the desire and the maturity. Got a big contract and things went south for Starlin Castro. Keep it in mind, Yankee fans, just, uh, he, is he an up, you know, will he be an upgrade over Ruff Snyder? Probably. He gave up a good arm in Adam Warren and a good backup infielder in Brandon Ryan. Cardinals Padres made a uh, veteran for veteran trade. Jed Gurko 
goes to the Cardinals. John Jay to the Padres. Padres add some outfield depth. Gurko makes things interesting in the middle infield with Colton Wong. Okay, Gurko, uh, you know, we saw what he did a few years ago. He's come crashing back to earth. Should be interesting, though, if he rebounds. So that's the last couple of days uh, on the trade front. You know, and then you look at the free agent market, and we mentioned Zobrist, and we, we mentioned Zach Granke. Those are two of the big names that have moved. We know David Price has gone to Boston. Boston is in a nice position now to do some things. Okay, you've added Kimbrel to the back end, pairing him with Koji Uhara and Tazawa as seventh and eighth inning guys. You've brought in that ace starter that you desperately needed in David Price to go with guys like Rick Porcello, okay, the young kid Ramirez. You have a stud of a young outfield right now with Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley, Rosny Castillo. That's your outfield. But Betts is probably moving to right. Kid was terrific. Sandoval will play thirds, and the Bogarts, a stud young shortstop. Dustin Pedroia, right now the plan is for Hanley Ramirez to play first, but Boston will give him to anybody who wants him. They want him out. Goodbye, take care, see you later. The question will be, will anybody take him? Young catcher, Swihart behind the plate. Red Sox are a better team right now than they were last year. They realized they had to invest in some pitching. Okay. So uh, price, it's a boatload of money, seven years, $217 million for a 30-year-old. Like the Yankees, though, with CC Sabathia, you're paying him for the first couple of years. You'll deal with him when he's 36, 37 years old. Granky, 32, same deal. Granky's 32, they got six years. You're not worried about what happens when he's 37, 38. You're worried about what he could give you now, and if that's a World Series, you're happy. Okay, Jason Hayward, still the number one talent out there. Yeah, and Assessment Johnny Sueto, Justin Upton, still available. Jordan Zimmerman goes to Detroit. Pair him with Verlander at the top of the Tiger rotation. Uh, good starter, five years, $110 million. Alex Gordon, Chris Davis, supposedly the rumor is Baltimore Orioles, even though they traded for Mark Trumbo, Orioles offered Davis uh, uh, about $150 million. Over eight years, he wants more. He wants two hundred million. Okay, he has a uh, he has one hundred fifty nine home runs since two thousand twelve. Okay, the guy is a tremendous offensive player. He he's going to strike out, but he's going to hit the ball over the fence. He had forty seven home runs last year with a five sixty two slugging percentage. He's going to get some money. Okay, other players are still floating around. Zamar, uh, uh, Ian Desmond, Dexter Fowler. Fowler's a nice center fielder. Somebody I would like to see the Mets invest in. Him. Zamarger went to the Giants, five years, 90 minutes. That one is, I mean, 496 ERA, 29 home runs allowed last year. That's a move based on talent. Uh, you'll pair him with Madison Bumgarner. I'm not happy if Jeff Zamarger is my number two starter, though. I'm really not, uh, not for that price. But there's still talent out there. Kendrick, Daniel Murphy, and these are players whose whose market hasn't even developed yet. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Um, so that's going to be, you know, that that will be uh, interesting to see what these type of players get, the Kendricks, the Murphys. I think Mike Leake's going to get paid. I think William Chen of the Baltimore Royals is going to get paid. Uh, Awukama of the Mariners now with the Dodgers, three years, $45 million. I mean, if Hitsashi Awukama is getting $15 million a year, that's really what you only have to say. Cubs, we know they've made the big improvements, too. John Lackey is now there, two years, $32 million to slide into their rotation. 
Uh, he's going to be a big help. Uh, veteran, had a couple of nice seasons, so you're okay with him. Darren O'Day, the top-ranked relief pitcher, he got four years, $30 million to return to Baltimore. Doug Fister is out there if you need a pitcher on the cheap. All right, Gerardo Parra, uh, good hitter with Baltimore, hit 328 with the Brewers, traded to the Orioles where he hit 237. Uh, he's somewhere in the middle of that. He's a 280 hitter in my opinion. Plays good defense. He could be super useful. He's on the Mets radar uh, according to the reports I've heard. All right. So so that's where we are right now in in a lot of cases with with baseball. Still a ton of talented players out there um, to choose from. Just gonna see now. I, what I what usually happens now is I think the market settles down. The winter meetings have come to an end, and then and then you see things pick up again. You know, it's going to be. There's still going to be some guys. There's going to be some players available into February and into spring training. Okay, guys like a Matt Latos, talented pitchers who banged up. He was terrible last year. Well, what does he have left? Alexi Ramirez, shortstop, is out there from the White Sox. What does he have left to give? Austin Jackson is still only 29, 28, 29 years old. Uh, Ian Kennedy. So there are all pitchers who, once Suedo goes, and you've got to figure Johnny Suedo is the next big name to go. Once Johnny Suedo goes, these other chips will fall. And I think once that happens, and then same thing with the outfielders. Once Hayward goes... Then you're going to see the Cespedes, the Uptons, the Alex Gordons. Then you're going to see all of them tumble as well. Okay? So a lot of activity in baseball, some good, some bad. Some moves I like more than other. Um, going to be interesting, though. Going to be interesting. Cubs have gone all in. We know that. Cubs are in to win. And on paper, it's a good team. Rizzo. Zobrist, Addison Russell, Chris Bryant, Schwaber, they've lost Fowler. Okay, George Soler, Zobrist can play the outfield, Javier Baez can play second base. There's rumors of Javier Baez going to learn center field. They've added Lackey to a rotation that already has Lester and Aredia. It would make sense for the Cubs to try to look for a closer. I thought maybe in the Stalin-Castro deal they would try to get Andrew Miller. That would have made a lot of sense. Uh, Ken Giles moved. Closer from the Phillies is now an Astro. Phillies got four pretty good prospects there, a couple of good prospects from Houston. But it made sense for Houston. He'll slide in and close. Luke Gregerson slides to the eighth and strengthens their bullpen tremendously. Giles is young, too, could cost... Cost conscience closer. Who doesn't want that? Okay, a lot of activity. And we'll keep filling you in on this activity as, as the baseball offseason goes on and on. Um, we'll have some guests on the air, and we'll talk some baseball with all of those guys as well. So, uh, so stay with us throughout the postseason and the winter months as spring training arrives, and uh, we'll have some fun with all the baseball as the year goes on. But, uh, all right, we got about another half hour or so here on the air, so let's start talking some fantasy football. Week 14, in most leagues, playoff time's upon us, folks. Playoffs are here, week 14, in most leagues. If you only use four teams making the playoffs, 
two rounds, then maybe you got the last week of the regular season. But most leagues, 12 teams and up, six teams at least make the postseason. So that means your first round buys for the top seeds and everybody else's this week. How can I phrase this? Don't get cute. Play your horses. Play your horses. And here's the example I use, and I use this Tuesday night on the Rotoballer radio show with my friend Real Talk Ref. Jameis Winston has a tremendous matchup this week. Quite possibly the best of the bunch. Okay, Jameis Winston is going against the New Orleans Saints. It's a no-brainer of a matchup. And if you want to play daily league uh, outside of the state of New York, and you want to roll with Jameis Winston, knock yourself out. The Saints have allowed 35 touchdown passes, 64 passing plays over 20 yards. Winston could be have a monster game. No denying that. Aaron Rodgers has the Cowboys, who are pretty good defensively. Doesn't mean I'm benching Aaron Rodgers, though, for Jameis Winston. I'm going. I If I'm going to lose in the postseason, I'm losing with my best team on the field. Best team is on the field. Now, if I've been running with Phillip Rivers at quarterback, and we know what a mess that's been, well then, yeah, yeah, okay, get cute, go Jameis Winston. But I am not benching Big Ben. I am not benching Andy Dalton. I am not benching Eli Manning against the uh, the Dolphins. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not, I mean, Russell Wilson's got a great matchup against the Ravens. I'm not doing anything like that. You know, you look at tonight's game. Let's start with tonight's game, Thursday night. Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Arizona Cardinals. All right? Arizona's a good defense. We know this. Arizona's a good defense. Adrian Peterson is coming off a terrible game. Adrian Peterson's in my lineup tonight. Don't get cute. Don't get cute at all. You know, Arizona is giving up about 15 fantasy points a game to running backs. They haven't started, they haven't gone against AP. AP plays. That's all that plays for Minnesota, though. Stefan Diggs has cooled off tremendously. Kyle Rudolph did nothing last week. Teddy Bridgewater is not an option. Now, at the same time, the Minnesota Vikings are a good defense, giving up 16 points a game to a running back. But I like David Johnson. Everybody have 99 yards rushing, catches the ball. I'm playing David Johnson as an RB2. Carson Palmer has to play. The Vikings secondary ranks sixth against the pass, but they have allowed eight touchdown passes over the last four games. On average, the Minnesota defense allows 22 points a game to opposing wide receivers. Larry Fitzgerald's got seven touchdowns on the season. He's in my lineup. John Brown, Michael Floyd, they're flex options. Floyd, when healthy though lately, has given you 100 yards a game. I like Floyd more than Brown, and I didn't think I'd say that at this point in the year. I thought Brown would have put some distance between him and Floyd. Hasn't happened. Floyd's getting healthier. When he's getting healthier, he's playing better. Both of them, though, are fair flex options. 
I have no problem if you said, Anthony, I want to use one of them. I'd say go for it. Let's take a look at Sunday, 1 o'clock. Buffalo Bills traveling to the Eagles. Folks, get LaShoy McCoy in your lineup. He is going to go off. The man is angry. We all heard his quotes about Chip Kelly. He does not like the man. LaShawn McCoy is going to go off. The Philadelphia Eagles defend the running back. They do defend it better than they defend the wide receiver. They've allowed seven total touchdowns to running backs, two rushing, five receiving, giving up an average of 19 points a game to running backs. LaShawn McCoy is going to go off. Okay? He's run the ball very well lately. Carlos Williams is out. Start LaShawn McCoy. Now, Tyrod Taylor is a terrific matchup for Taylor. Philadelphia Eagles give up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They've allowed 28 passing touchdowns and three receiving touchdowns. They allow 25 points a game, 383 yards a game. I am putting Tyrod Taylor in my lineup this week. Sammy Watkins is in as well. The Eagles do not defend wide receivers well. The Eagles are the worst defense in the league in defending wide receivers. They've given up 20 receiving touchdowns to wide receivers, 29 points a game. All in with the Buffalo offense. Philadelphia side of the ball, though, a little bit different. I can't trust DeMarco Murray anymore. If you read my blog uh, on draftvalet.com, if you heard me Tuesday night, DeMarco Murray and Eddie Lacy are the two biggest busts of the fantasy football season. I am not. He's averaging three and a half yards a carry. I am not trusting DeMarco Murray in any way, shape, or form. Buffalo's given up 12 touchdowns to running backs, 19 points a game. I don't care. DeMarco Murray, not in my lineup. Sam Bradford, not in my lineup. Darren Sproles, I know he led the team in carries last week. If I get kick return yards, yes, Sproles is in. Otherwise, again, not trusting it. Only Eagle I'm playing this week, even at home, against the Buffalo Bills is is Jordan Matthews. And he hasn't been anything great, but he did get in the end zone last week. He did get in the end zone, at least. Buffalo against opposing wide receivers has allowed 14 touchdowns and 25 fantasy points a game. It's a must-win game for both teams. I think Buffalo wins it. I think Buffalo outplays them. I think LaShawn McCoy goes off. I think Philadelphia is in for a long day, potentially. Seahawks at the Ravens. How good has Buck Allen been? Huh? Guy has been terrific. There's no denying that. I think he put up 30 fantasy points last week. PPR machine. Partly because he is it. For the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Seattle defense on the season, number one ranked defense against opposing running backs. However, they have allowed 65 receptions through 12 games. It's about five catches a game to running backs. Making Buck Allen a play in a PPR format. They've only given up four touchdowns to run backs. He's going to have a hard time getting in the end zone, but he's going to get you some PPR points. Schaub looks for him. I'm willing to go to him. Other than that, though, I can't play Kamar Aiken this week. He's had five catches in five consecutive games. Seahawks ranked fourth, though, against the pass and playing well. Buck Allen's it. 
I'm not trusting their tight end. Crockett Gilmore. I know Seattle struggles against the tight end, but not enough for me to play Crockett Gilmore. Seattle side of things, Russell Wilson is red hot right now. He's had numerous multiple touchdown pass games in a row. Um, I know he had five two weeks ago. Had another great game last week. Russell Wilson is a must start this week against the Ravens defense. That is just terrible against opposing quarterbacks. Currently, the Baltimore Ravens have allowed 22 passing touchdowns and 22 points per game to opposing running backs. Russell Wilson is a must-start quarterback this week. Doug Baldwin is a must-start wide receiver. He's got five touchdowns in his last two games. Baltimore Ravens are fourth-worst defense to wide receivers. They've allowed 19 touchdown passes, 27 points a game. I'm going Wilson. I'm going Rawls. I'm going Baldwin. I'm even going to go Tyler Lockett as a flex option, potentially. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm in on Seattle. They're playing outstanding. They may run the table the rest of the way this year, Seattle. That's how good they're currently playing. Play the, play the Seahawks' offensive weapons. Get them in the game. 49ers against the Cleveland Browns. Oh, man. Johnny Manziel is going to play quarterback. I think you got to play Barnage, the tight end from Cleveland. He's been very consistent. 60 catches, 7 touchdowns, 817 yards. Travis Benjamin could be a play, flex option. He's had a nice year. The question is, do you trust Manziel? I don't, so I downgrade Travis Benjamin to a flex option. However, I do play Duke Johnson this week. 49ers defense is not good. We know that. They don't defend running backs great. And they do allow, on average, six receptions and 49 receiving yards to running backs. Duke Johnson's job is to catch the ball. He's a pass-catching running back first. Duke Johnson, as a flex option, or if you've been destroyed by injury, Mark Ingram now out for the year for New Orleans. Then Duke Johnson is a play. I have Duke Johnson on some teams. It's going to be interesting if I use him. I probably won't because it would come down to either he or Sean Drawn of the San Francisco 49ers. In four games, Drawn has 20 touches in every game, over 13 points per game. And the Cleveland Browns have allowed nine touchdowns on the season to running backs, over 1,500 rushing yards. They have allowed the most rushing yards in the league this season, Cleveland. I've got to go with Drone. Okay? His PBR value is through the roof. He's got 22 catches in his last four games. He's been tremendous. He got in the end zone last week. Sean Drone is a, is a solid running back, too, uh, uh, this week. I, have, I am fully confident playing him. I'll tell you this. If you had to decide between Drone or Buck Allen of the Ravens against Seattle, I'm going to play Drone in this matchup against Cleveland. Anquan Bolden has been red hot, a lot of targets, a lot of receptions his last couple of games. I'll put him in. Cleveland's defense we know is terrible. Torrey Smith had a big play last week. Other than that, he didn't do anything. I have no faith in him. I haven't all season. Bolden, Drone, plays. Benjamin is a flex. Barnes is a starting tight end. Duke Johnson could be a sneaky play as well. 
Detroit Lions, they've won three in a row playing good ball, traveling to play the 4-8 and eight Rams. Um, Rams defense is good, but I'm not afraid of them. I'm good with Stafford. Calvin Johnson is a must-start. Theo Reddick is a sneaky play in PPR leagues nowadays. And Amir Abdullah could be interesting. He has clearly become the starting running back in Detroit. Joyke Bell is an afterthought. He has three straight games of double-ditched carries. He's averaging five, over five yards a carry in Week 13. The Rams give up 116 rushing yards per game. Amir Abdullah can finally emerge this week. It's a nice matchup for him. Play him over Buck Allen against uh, Seattle? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I could do that. If you called me and said this is what I'm thinking, I wouldn't argue you on it. The Lions are playing good ball. This is not the Lions from the beginning of the season. They had won three in a row. Obviously, they lost last week to the Packers on that Hail Mary. Correct myself. But Abdul is getting into the game more. They've realized they got to go to him, see what the kid's got. He's done all right, 60 yards, I think, each of his last two games. Rams are not as tough as people think. Go for it. However, other side of things, Todd Gurley, I have a hard time playing him. Lions' run defense has been very good over their last four games. They shut down the Packers. Before that, they shut down the Eagles' running game, the Raiders. Gurley just doesn't look good. He looks like he's hit a wall, and part of it is because he is hitting a wall. Because you tell me, if you're playing the Rams, who else are you afraid of? You're not afraid of anyone there. Go ahead, Nick Foles, throw the ball. I'm worried about you? No. But, Gurley, you ain't getting off the line. Two of the Rams create more options offensively, Gurley's going to struggle. has nothing to do with Gurley's talent. has to do with the fact that there's not even a considerable threat anywhere else on the offensive side of the field for the Rams. Tennessee Titans travel to the Jets. Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, got to play him. Brandon Marshall, the must start. Guy's been terrific. Over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. Decker's got over 800 yards, 8 touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been outstanding. I know the Titans' defense is technically good, but I'm not afraid of them. I mean, they gave up 39 points last week to the Jaguars. I'll play Fitzpatrick. I'll play Decker. i play Ivory. I will play uh, 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 Brandon Marshall. Bilal Powell's interesting. 13 targets, I believe, Bilal Powell had last week. 13 targets. Tennessee's defense. Has allowed six total touchdowns, none of them receiving. Only allowed 38 receptions to running backs. But you see how much the Jets leaned on Bilal Powell last week. Bilal Powell's a low-end flex. Tennessee side of ball. I'll start, here's how what I will do. I will start Bilal Powell over Antonio Andrews against the Jets. Jets' defense against the run is good. Jets' defense against the run is good. I'm not playing Antonio Andrews. I'll put the PPR option, Bilal Powell, in first. Now, I will play Delaney Walker. Jets' defense can be thrown on. You saw Odell Beckham go off last week like he always does. Delaney Walker will play. You want to take a flyer on Doriel Green Beckham? Go for it. Mariota, though, may struggle. Mariota could struggle. 
Sunday at 1 o'clock, Steelers and the Bengals. Good matchup. I'm all in here. I'm all in. Andy Dalton. Okay. Jeremy Hill's getting a boatload of touches. 39 touches over the last two games. Jeremy Hill will play. Eight touchdowns on the season. A.J. Green, obviously. Tyler Eifert, if he's healthy. Marvin Jones, he's got four touchdowns on the season. He's a flex option. Pittsburgh side of the ball, Ben, D'Angelo, Antonio, Martavius Bryant, all in my lineup. Marcus Wheaton, I know he's gotten a couple of touchdowns a few weeks in a row. I I can't trust him. Anything smaller than a 12-team league, no way. 14-team league, yeah, it's a different story. I'll get Martavius Bryant. Heath Miller probably out. Colts at the Jaguars. Matt Hasselbeck will still be the quarterback. Kobe Felina could be a sneaky play. Jaguars defense has given up more than 100 yards a game and six touchdowns to opposing tight ends since week 10. In week four, Felina had nine catches for 83 yards and a score. Interesting. That Kobe Felina could be useful this week. Playing TJ... uh, Playing Hilton, T.Y. Hilton, not rolling with Moncrief, not rolling with Frank Gore. I, I can't trust Gore. Gore will be all right. Gore could, you could use. Low-end running back. Jaguars, Bortles, T.J. Yeldon is a play. Island, uh, Allen Robinson, Julius Thomas, Allen Hearns is speed plays. I'm okay playing all the Jaguars. Colts defense is not good. Okay. I like Yeldon a lot this week. Colts have allowed 12 touchdowns to running backs. I like Yeldon a lot. He's pretty consistent. I don't think he's a game changer, but he never hurts you either. He's 12, 13 points every week. Colts against the wide receivers have allowed 16 touchdowns, 28 points a game. Allen Robinson a must-start. Allen Hearns a must-start. Bortles has been terrific. 27 touchdown passes on the season. He's, he's approaching the, the no-doubt-about start category for quarterbacks. 1 o'clock, Chargers at the Chiefs. There's nothing I like about the Chargers lately. I am not playing Antonio Gates. Uh, Chargers are tough against the tight end. Kansas City is first at defending that position. Gates sits. Uh, All Chargers sit. There's no nice way to say it. They do. They all sit. Chiefs, Spencer Ware got in the end zone last week, but Chancharger West got more carries. Because of that, I still stick with Chadwick West as my number one there. Where is a flex option? Macklin's played well of late. Go with Macklin. Um, Chargers worst defensive league and worst defense in the league defending the running back. Uh, so West is in my lineup without a doubt. Where is a flex option? If you own them both and you're feeling it, I, I could understand potentially going with both because the matchup is so good. I can understand uh, doing both of them. It's a risky move. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Redskins at the Bears Sunday at 1 o'clock. Bears announced Martellus Bennett out for the rest of the season. Alshon Jeffrey is a play. Matt Forte has – you saw it last week. He's the number one running back. Langford, thank you for filling in. You were terrific. Still a must-own, especially if you own Forte. But you're not playing Langford, you're playing Forte. Jay Cutler is being usable, but not this week. 
There's no buys this week. There's no big quarterback injuries. Shouldn't be a reason to use Cutler. Not with guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston having better matchups. Redskins side of the ball, Jordan Reed, Deshaun Jackson, those are the guys I'm leaning on for Washington. Not much going on. Reed is a top-flight tight end. Deshaun has been playing better. He's got three touchdowns now on the season since coming back from injury. Atlanta Falcons try to uh, give Carolina their first loss. We know how good Carolina's defense is. I made a mistake last week, though. I managed my fantasy team afraid of Carolina, and it cost me a game because Brandon Cooks was on my bench. I won't make that mistake again. Julio Jones plays. Devonta Freeman plays. Matt Ryan does not play. Okay, PPR League Freeman will be fine. I know the Panthers only allow 87 rushing yards a game, haven't given up 100 yards since week four. Okay, but Freeman had 10 receptions and 56 receptions. He, he's, he's the focal point. He's going to catch the ball, he's going to run the ball. PPR League, continue going with Freeman. Carolina, Cam Newton plays. Greg Olson plays. Jonathan Stewart plays. He's up to 914 yards, five touchdowns. Okay, he's giving you double-digit fantasy points. I think it's now six, seven weeks in a row he plays. The wide receivers are a different situation. You saw Ted getting at his best and his worst last week. They're going to throw the ball deep to him. They'll throw it to him two or three times. Maybe he catches one, though. He has hands of stone. Hands of stone. Saints traveling to Tampa Bay. Mark Ingram is out. C.J. Spiller and Tim Tower are filling in. No thanks. I'll pass. I'll pass. I'll go Breeze. I go Cooks. I go Willie Sneed. Ben Watson's a, a, a low-end tight end that you could possibly utilize. Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston is a must-start, though. If, if you don't have one of those elite quarterbacks like I talked about at the start, Jameis Winston's a must-start. Doug Martin is a must-start. Saints defense we know is terrible. Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans, get him in your lineup. Austin Safar and Jenkins, get him in your lineup. Charles Sims is a PPR back. Get him in your lineup. Tampa Bay should light up the scoreboard this week. Light it up. Light it up. I'm all for getting those guys in. Oakland Raiders traveling to the Denver Broncos. And I'm running away from Oakland this week. Denver's defense is good. It's very good. Broncos secondary ranks first in the NFL against the pass. They've only given up one touchdown to wide receivers all season. No thank you, Crabtree. No thank you, Amari Cooper. No thank you, Derek Carr. Latavius Murray. With the de- injuries at the running back position, you probably are forced to use Latavius Murray. If you've avoided injury and Latavius Murray is legitimately a third running back, then sit him as well. Denver. C.J. Anderson, if he plays, Ronnie Hillman are both good plays. Demarius Thomas is a must-start, Emmanuel Sanders. Again, Osweiler, I know people fell in love with him. No bye weeks, no big quarterback injuries other than Andrew Luck, and you should have already made up for that. So I don't see the need to play Osweiler. I just don't see the need. Cowboys, Sunday, 4.30, traveling to Green Bay. Packers have given up a tight end reception to the tight end position in five consecutive weeks. Go with Jason Winton. 
Des Bryant, though, struggles with Matt Castle at quarterback. We've seen it. I recommend benching him before. I would do it again. I can't trust it. But it is Des Bryant. Some people are afraid to pull that trigger. I get it. Darren McFadden. If I had to play Darren McFadden or Latavius Murray, I'll play Darren McFadden. I'll, I'll, I'll go there. McFadden fumbled twice last week, however, but did get in the end zone near the end of the game. Packers. No way is Eddie Lacy playing on my fantasy lineup again this year. He's not. Even if he goes for 150 yards this week, I won't play him next week. You can't trust him at this point in the fantasy season. You just can't. You can't. Looked like he was coming out, had a couple hundred yard games, and then and then last week happened, right? Can't trust it. Can't trust a lot of the Packers offense, can you? Can you trust Randall Cobb? Can you trust James Jones? Devontae Adams? You play Aaron Rodgers. Heck, I'll play Richard Rodgers. But to me, all the Packers wide receivers are, at best, flex options. They're flex options, at best. Give me... Give me Doug Baldwin this week in a great matchup. Give me Vincent Jackson in a great matchup over these Packer receivers against the Cowboys. Cowboys' defense is tough. Cowboys' defense is still tough. Sunday night, Patriots traveling to Houston. Patriots are angry. I feel bad for Houston this week. Play Brady, play Amendola. Don't play LaFell. His hands are as bad as Ted Ginn's. LeGarrette Blount is what he is. He's 50 to 60 yards rushing a game. Don't go crazy. James White can be useful, especially with Gronkowski and Edelman out. You saw James White have a productive PPR game in the backfield. He's a useful play as a flex. Houston, DeAndre Hopkins, that's it. End of conversation. Can't trust their running game. Can't trust Brian Hoyer. Play Hopkins. He's a must-start every week. Monday night, the Giants traveling to Miami. I'm okay playing Eli and Odell Beckham. Willie Ty can be a sneaky tight end play. Ruben Randall's not been good. The rushing game is terrible. Shane Vereen is disappointed in the passing game. Miami, Jarvis Landry could have a big game. Giants secondary is terrible. If Rashad Matthews is out and Devontae Parker plays, I'm good using Devontae Parker. I'm okay with Lamar Miller this week against the Jets. I can't trust Ryan Tannenhill. Can't trust Tannenhill. I know the Giants defense is the 32nd ranked pass defense, but last week the, the Dolphins played the Ravens, and Tannenhill couldn't capitalize on that. I got to think there's another Blake Bortles. There's another option at quarterback for you this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick I would trust more. But I like the Dolphin receivers. As bizarre as this sounds, I like the receivers, yet I don't like the quarterback. I know that maybe sounds a little bizarre, but I do. Odell Beckham has – Odell Beckham, it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I, I watch my football every Sunday. And between watching the Giant game here in New York and going to the Red Zone channel, I literally changed my mind on a play-by-play, play-by-play basis on who's the best running back, uh, wide receiver in football between Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. It, it changes on a, on a daily, daily basis. It's absolutely hysterical. Okay. But there you go, folks. Fantasy Football Week 14. Little synopsis. Hope you enjoyed it. 
Don't forget, you can follow the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show on Twitter at A. Aniano Fantasy. Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. We air every Thursday, usually at night. But today, had the time, put in a little early afternoon show. If you listen to us live, we appreciate it. Otherwise, go to iTunes, download, subscribe, comment, rate the show. Leave your comments, appreciate them all the time. Anytime you have any fantasy sports questions, go to the Twitter page. Post any questions you have. I'll happily get back to you and answer them. Give you my thoughts and opinions like I do here every Thursday. It's been fun. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join us again next Thursday. May have a special guest on as well, a good friend of mine. I'm going to work that out. Follow on Twitter. I'll let you know the time and if that guest is coming on. My name is Anthony Aniano. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great week, folks.